Hello everyone, welcome to another instalment, or the latest instalment, of the Orca Pod. Otherwise known as an episode. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what they're called. Sorry. Uh, you join Phoebe and I once again for another exciting edition of some Ocean Science news, interviews and... General chit-chat. General chit-chat. What's yeah. been going on, Phoebe? Um, loads. It's been yeah. crazy. I see we say this every episode, it's so busy at the moment, but... We've just both got back from separate trips to Scotland, which was good. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you've been to Scotland several times before, haven't you? Yeah, well, only this year, but I've loved it every single time. But this was your first time, right? Yeah, first ever time. Of all the places I've been, never been Where to Scotland. Where in Scotland did you go? Um, so I flew up and met our senior management for marine side of things, Malcolm Johnston, um, up in Aberdeen. And we went and saw a supplier. And then I hot-tailed it back to the airport and went up to Orkney for a few days where we did some ROV demos which was excellent and it did not rain the entire time <laughs> which I think is a record for someone visiting Scotland quite I frankly. mean it actually wasn't raining last week when I went and the no. first time when we went in May it wasn't raining so something strange is going on up there. <laughs> um, yeah we went up to Glenfinnan so we got to see the steam train from Harry Potter and the oh, lock that Buckbeak yes. flew over and I had a little nerdy moment um, <laughs> it was good it was good excellent um yeah, no, it's been a very busy few weeks for the company as a whole, but certainly us, uh, yeah, just definitely. from us too. We're here, there and everywhere at the moment. I'm shooting off again. Well, no, we're both going up to mm-hmm. London for the Challenger Society Conference, which we're both very excited for, especially the uh, next week. Yeah, the event underneath the Blue Well in the NHM, which will be excellent. Oh, I can't wait for that, honestly. <laughs> so excited. Um, but yeah. And then you're off to Portugal, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, for- we're bit of training and equipment testing with one of our clients with yeah. uh, one of the yukos that we've recently sold which is going to be excellent it'd be good to if you don't know that yuko is a pink auv it's it is cool. <laughs> very cool from seba check them out link in bio <laughs> <laughs> if in doubt link in bio not advertised not sponsored <laughs> <laughs> Um, Should we move on to our ocean science news segment that we like to call current affairs so I've actually, I mean, I never come prepared to these things, but I've actually found two somewhat sad but interesting news stories. Do tell. Shall I kick us off? Go for it. Um, the first one is actually about in Switzerland and the glaciers by melting. Um, it's threatening to limit Europe's water supply. Oh, cool. Um, I was looking into it and basically over like, especially where this summer's been so hot, they found that the lakes and stuff, the water level was so low that you weren't getting shipping freight coming through and... They had to rescue loads of like dying fish, and wow. I think as well, obviously the most for us in the UK especially, they had to shut down their nuclear power supplies. Not shut them down, but they had to reduce their sort of capacity so much because they used that water to cool mm. them. And when they couldn't cool them down, they couldn't operate at full, full whack, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess yeah, it's quite a topical one at the moment. Yeah, quite scary. Thank goodness we've finally had some rain in the last couple of weeks. It's been... Yeah, yeah. But still, the temperature is still quite high. It is for beginning of September, actually, yeah. And the other thing I saw was, like, the um, permafrost on the top of the mountains, that was melting. And isn't that where methane is trapped underneath? It is, yeah. So that's just going to bubble up into the atmosphere as well and accelerate things even more. And there have been... I saw an article where they were saying that they finally started to see... Well, not finally, but worryingly so started to see trees growing in tundra in Siberia which you know that's supposed to be in permafrost so that it's not supposed to happen for a a long time yet which is cause for concern there's quite a cool I was looking on BBC's um news 
section, there's like a slider where you can slide for the picture of the glaciers from 1920s to last year. Mm. And the difference in them is just crazy. It's madness, isn't um, it? Yeah, it's not a cheery topic of conversation, but one that needs to be spoken about. Absolutely. And the more we speak about it, hopefully continue to put more pressure on, you know. Oh, you say that, but then I, I saw earlier as well that the... Um, poor... So the um, Global Ocean Treaty that they were trying to pass has failed oh, after what? two weeks of negotiations. They've um, thus now been failed. So that I think it was to protect 30% of our oceans and the governments just couldn't agree on the terms. So City politics are just ruining it yeah, really, aren't they? Yeah. What was the other thing I was going to say? Um, yeah, when looking at like pollutants, it seems to be <laughs> the top minority, like the top one percent or less than one percent that's causing over like 40 or 50 percent of emissions of carbon dioxide around uh, the world i can't uh, i can't remember the exact figures but it was a very small minority causing an almost majority of yeah so of course ourselves in the wider population need to think about how we go to, about our day-to-day lives and try and reduce the amount of emissions and our carbon footprint but at the, at the end of the day the largest amount's been caused about by the smallest amount. Which is sad, really, because they're trying to convince them to change their ways is... They won't. Yeah. Um, Pulling a sword from a stone. I can't see them getting the bus to work and stuff, can you? No. <laughs> it, may, it, may, it makes you angry, though, when you see news articles like, oh, one of the Kardashians is using their private jet to go from LA to San oh, Francisco. It's like, come on. I mean, she couldn't walk that, to be fair, but, you know, you could get a no, train. <laughs> but I think even shorter, like, from one side of LA to the other. Yeah, it's that, crazy. It's crazy. It's so ignorant. Takes the proverbial, doesn't it? So another topic that our digital content creator, Nick, actually passed across to me, which is very interesting and topical mm. for me, because it's back in my old haunt. Um, back in the Maldives. Back in the Maldives. <laughs> um, so Oxford University are supporting a deep sea expedition in the Maldives, um, cool. which is really cool. It's called the Necton Maldives Mission. Um, and they're looking to to basically survey the top thousand meters of the ocean, um, which is way deeper than they've gone before. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's all about research into the animals and the refuge areas. Um, oh, wow, okay. And they've obviously in the whole country they've never done a proper profile to that depth, so it'll be really cool to see what they find. Nice. When so, are they doing that at the moment? Um, so it's beginning September, from what I've read. Oh, that's very. Which cool. is very exciting. Um, Look forward to seeing some results from that. Yeah. I'd love to be out there to see them doing it. Yeah, That'd be amazing. I wouldn't mind that. Maybe we can organise a little trip. <laughs> a little work trip. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to our podcast yeah. guest for this time? Um, not with us, sadly, this time, but we've got them on recording. Um, but we will let future slash past Phoebe and Nathan introduce them, depending on when you're listening to this. So take it away. Enjoy. Us. So welcome back to another Orcapod interview. And today we are very kindly joined by Ella Garrod from the Sussex Wildlife Trust, who, as I understand it, you're a Living Seas Officer and a Communities and Wildlife Officer for the Wild, Su- Wild Coast <laughs> Sussex Project. Nearly got through it all in one go. Um, so, Ella, thank you very much for joining us and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem no at all. Nice. Can you, uh, there's obviously a couple of roles there. Can you divulge a bit into the work that you do with Sussex Wildlife Trust um, yeah. and the Living Coast Project as well? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for the, I do, so I work full time for the trust, but yeah, like you said, I've got two different jobs. 
one of which is the Living Seas Officer. So I do that two days a week as part of a job share. Um, and as part of that, um, I help run the Shore Search and Sea Search Citizen Science Research Projects. Um, and we do all sorts of different things, basically anything to do with the marine environment that crops up in Sussex. So we do lots of stakeholder engagement, policy work, such as like responding to consultations, um, do lots of public engagement as well. It's a really varied, interesting role. Yeah. Like I'm out a lot on the coast and a bit of desk work, which, you know, is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously I'd much prefer yeah. being out in the field. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then my second job I do three days a week. And that is, yeah, like you said, I'm a communities and wildlife officer for the Wild Coast Sussex project. So Wild Coast Sussex is a lottery heritage funded project mm -hmm. um, and it's a community engagement project that works up and down the Sussex coast to inspire local communities about their local marine life basically cool. uh, the marine life and habitats getting them in um, you know caring about it so that they hopefully in turn will help protect it as well Good so I work with primary schools as part of that running what we call wild beach which is essentially like forest school but taken to the coast Cool. So it's that sort of child-centred learning, doing lots of sort of like experiential um, play and games and yeah, all sorts of fun stuff like rock pooling, beach cleans, um, strandline scavenger hunts to get the kids involved and interested in the marine habitats and wildlife basically. It's great. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's like the best yeah. job ever. <laughs> So, yeah, I do really love it. With all of that that you get, you're going on with your day-to-day -day job, how did you get into this industry? Like, what's your background to be doing that role? Yeah, so I have a bit of an unorthodox um, <laughs> route into it, I guess. Um, my undergraduate degree was actually in art and design. So I come from an oh, arts okay. background. Cool. Um, and then when I graduated from uni, um, I wanted to go travelling. And because I hadn't taken a gap year before uni. And then I, so I went to South Africa and I volunteered with a marine conservation project there called the Orca Foundation. Um, so I was helping to monitor cetacean populations in a marine, marine protected area there. Um, and I learned to dive when I was there. And it basically just completely, like I'd always loved the sea, I'd always loved the ocean, but I never saw myself as a particularly, I never really enjoyed science at school, let's say. Mm. Um, but yeah, doing that project and learning to dive basically kind of completely blew my mind really and like opened up this whole new world to me. Yeah. Sounds so cheesy, doesn't it? But it's true. Like seeing what's actually underneath the waves, I was just kind of like, how have I not yeah. known about this before? Um, so I kind of decided after that I wanted to make a bit of a career change. Well, a big career big career change I guess um, and I did a lot of volunteering I did my dive master um, paddy dive master mm -hmm. qualification in Bali which was amazing and then nice. I found a master's course at the University of York that um, yeah didn't require you to have a science degree because I thought and you know I thought I was going to have to go back to university well maybe even back to A levels mm. and sort of do biology marine biology anyway I found this course and they just needed you to have um, a degree in anything mm -hmm. and some experience in the field which I had and obviously this sort of you know passion and uh, interest and knowledge and whatever um, so yeah I got onto that and did a did a year's master's in marine environmental management 
mm-hmm. at the Uni of York, which was great. I mean, it was a massive learning curve for me. You know, I hadn't done sort of stats or yeah. ever really. Uh, I was kind of, I, you know, we were learning R, um, all the coding yeah. stats program, and I was my, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, deep thing to but learn. Then, uh, yeah, and then, but it was great. I loved it. I had a fantastic year, and then I've sort of worked abroad quite a lot since then. So I worked in Madagascar and the Seychelles. Um, and then when I finished there, I sort of wanted to end up in the UK. Mm. Um, and you know, the UK marine environment is so special and spectacular in its own right. And I think a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted to get a job in the UK with, in you know, marine conservation. And so, what did I do? I ended up volunteering with Yorkshire Wildlife Trust. I'm from Sheffield, uh-huh. so I went back to live with my parents. And I'm very lucky to have been able to do that, which helped a lot because I was able to, yeah, do this traineeship with Yorkshire Wildlife Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, then I got a job here. So it's been a bit of a long and winding path, <laughs> but yeah, I've really a enjoyed it. And yeah, I was going to say a very interesting and varied one. I found yes. that with, with everyone we've spoken to and sort of the, how did you get into this industry, everyone seems to say a really convoluted way of getting in. No one's just gone straight in with yeah. their degree or... Which is quite nice because yeah. it means we've all got a bit more depth to our backgrounds mm. in, in terms of how we've got here. Because it, I, I feel like s- certain roles where, I don't know, for example, medical sciences or biomed, you study that and then you go into be a paramedic or to go into uh, like nursing or whatever... Was for us, it's a little bit more, a bit more legwork involved to get up into the industry, but mm. it almost makes you, it benefits you as a person because you've got a bit more life experience behind you before you get into, like, almost. Yeah, the I UK. think so, and I guess yeah, people always think you have to take this really direct route. You need to know what you, mm. you know, you choose your A levels when you what, like sixteen or young? No, yeah, sixteen, yeah. which is so yeah, yeah. young, but it. It doesn't mean you can't then find a way in if if you really want to. And yeah, it's, it is quite a tough field to get into. You know, it's as I'm sure you guys know as well. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Not that many jobs. Lots of people want to do them, but yeah, I guess I guess stuck at it until until you got it. Managed to get a job. <laughs> what, what um what were you doing in Madagascar? That was... So I was working for um. I won't mention the name of it, it <laughs> but think... one of those um, pay-to-volunteer places. Mm-hmm. So I was staff, um, so I wasn't one of the paying volunteers. Oh, but, okay. um, so I was there running the dive surveys, mm-hmm. so the, one of the um, marine officers, basically. So not not training people to dive, I'm not a dive instructor, but then once, once to qualified divers... Um, training them up in scientific diving techniques and doing coral and fish surveys which was incredible like I I was there for six months living on an island off the coast of Madagascar on a research camp with no electricity in a little (laughs) wooden hut on stilts like the tide would come in at like spring high tide um it would flood the camp which was interesting so yeah our little huts were like on stilts was Um, that on um was that on nosy bay by any chance it was yes yeah organization beginning with f yes <laughs> <laughs> which uh, i think they have now dissolved i, I oh have they them. 
Yeah. Ah. And they seem to have disappeared off the internet. So Interesting. So a friend of mine went probably... to that exact camp in 2012, ah. I think, okay. and she had a, some issues. Like, had a great time, but there were some issues. Um, but I, th- I think we've spoken about it before, because I was with Blue Ventures down in the south. Um, right, just yes. Just off the Toliara, and that did it. we were doing exactly the same thing, the, the dive surveys, and it was... It's still the most beautiful country I've ever visited. It's fantastic. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, my day-to-day life, I absolutely loved, like, doing two dives a day sometimes, you Mm. know. And I I actually really enjoyed having no electricity. Like, you just, you know, woke up with the sun, went to bed with the sun. It was great. And it was an interesting experience in some ways because (laughs) of the company. But, yeah. I won't go into it. Yeah, we'll leave that one there. <laughs> I feel like it'd be strange going back now because the place we stayed at, they had, I think it was electricity twice a day in the morning and evening um, so that they could run the, but they had the generator so it was fine. It was on, on diesel. But I think they've got Wi-Fi now on constant electricity. I'm not sure it'd be the same experience going back. But oh, I wow. Think, I think to get a text home, I'd have to go to the top of the sand dune behind the hut and like wave the phone around trying to find signal. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, Funnily enough, we had really good mobile signal. Oh. So if you could buy like data packages for your phone, you could like do a video call oh, wow. at home. Oh. As long as you had battery, because obviously there was nowhere to charge it. But lots of people True. had like, you know, solar powered phone chargers and stuff, which worked really well. And we had to go to the main town on the weekends which was inaccessible by foot, so we had to take a boat oh, wow. um, and go to like a cafe and charge her. Yeah. Uh, there. <laughs> so charges, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Cool. So obviously you said, um, you alluded a bit into your work with the Wild Coast Sussex Project. Um, can you let us know a little bit more about the work you do and well, what the Sussex Wildlife Trust do as well um, in the general community area? Yeah, yeah. So Sussex Wildlife Trust, we're one of 46 individual wildlife trusts. So mm-hmm. all the wildlife trusts are like separate individual charities. We've got okay. the overarching um, The Wildlife Trusts, mm-hmm. who are sort of like the umbrella organisation. Um, but yeah, we're all separate charities in our own right. But obviously we do collaborate. Um, so yeah, we're a conservation charity working to protect um, and restore nature across Sussex basically in like you know the terrestrial environment in towns and obviously the coast as well which is what I do um you know hoping to make Sussex a a place where people and wildlife can thrive together <laughs> line there for you all the buzzwords <laughs> yeah oh interesting that's cool so it's um obviously the wildlife trust national marine week this week and last week I think wasn't it um, yes, yeah, two weeks. Confusing yeah, name. Two weeks. National Marine oh. Week, <laughs> yeah. but it's two weeks to kind of encompass like the range of tides all across the country oh, to make sure things why. can go on. Got yeah, clever. Um, have you? Um, we've just done a beach clean to do our little bit here at Arasakwa. But what have you guys been doing for that? Excellent. Well, we've been pushing out lots of engaging content online. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also been Plastic Free July as well. So that's the Marine Conservation Society campaign but as part of Wild Coast Sussex um, we're a partnership project one of one of our partners is Marine Conservation Society and so we've been yeah posting about sort of combining National Marine Week and Plastic Free July Um, we've also had one of our shore search surveys happening today sadly I I wasn't on it this time um, but my colleague Sarah was out running that today in Selsey so um, 
I think I mentioned SureSearch and C-Search are the two citizen science projects that we have. Um, and SureSearch is sort of the intertidal survey. So basically rock pooling oh, okay. um, with, with volunteers and they come along and we record all the species that we find. Um, yeah, so Celsi today is part of one of the MCZs, the Marine Conservation Zones in mm. Sussex. Uh, so hopefully, I haven't heard from Sarah yet, but I'm sure it's gone really well. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, Lovely day for it. It's been really nice down there. So Yeah, yeah I know. I'm quite jealous, really. really. Wouldn't mind being out rock pooling for the afternoon. That'd be so, lovely. Wouldn't mind doing a sea search dive today. <laughs> yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. Actually, water's probably really warm now, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think it's getting up to like 19 here at the moment. Wow, that's, that's degrees. Warm. Yeah. Impressive. Um, so obviously, we first met you at the Ocean Symposium in Hastings in last October. It feels almost longer than that, doesn't it? I know, it, it feels it, ages it feels ago. Almost like it was it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, you were heavily involved with the event last year are you back involved with it again this year yeah absolutely yeah we're organizing the next one so this year's event's going to be on saturday the 19th of november this time in bex hill um and yeah it's going to be a great event hopefully bigger this time last year we were a bit you know being a little bit cautious because of covid still with the venue yeah. wasn't massive but we still had you know we were sold out um and this year got a bigger venue and we're hopefully going to have a little sort of room for like a little exhibition with stalls and stuff from, you know, local organisations. It's going to be really good. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I think last year we were like, the focus was like, think, what was it? Think global, act local. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah and cool. we're sort of similarly this year, we're having like local speakers talking about local issues, projects and research and things, but also having some interesting international speakers again, which will be interesting, you know, it kind of puts that, the global context, mm -hmm. the local work into sort of a global context of what's going on in marine conservation sort of around the world, really. Um, but yeah, we, our strap line for this year is, is empowering communities for ocean action. Mm, so I like yeah. it. <laughs> Nothing super confirmed yet, but obviously once we've got more details, we will be pushing that out. Yeah, it's going to be a good event, I think. Great. Yeah, we loved Brilliant. it last year. We thought it was really... It was, I think it was one of my favourite ones I attended last it was, year. yeah. It was really good um, fun. Yeah, well, is it, are you going to do, like, the hybrid thing again, then, with, like, remote and... That is the plan, yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, as, quite... as, as long as everything goes well, yes, we'll be streaming online, too. Because cool. it had quite a big reach last time, didn't it? You had people from all over joining. Yeah, I think someone from... I think the furthest away place was Thailand, I think. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. So I'm not sure what the time difference was there, but that was quite dedicated. <laughs> Committed. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was really good, actually. I did enjoy it. But, um, yeah, hopefully yeah, no. we'll be there this year. Fingers I think we crossed. are. So. Um, so we've already <laughs> talked a little bit about diving, and we know you're a keen diver and stuff, but what is the best dive that you've been on, the most memorable? Oh, that is a really good question. <laughs> um, I mean, I've got loads of amazing... Oh, don't rub it in. Really <laughs> tropical, tropical places. I think one of the best dives. Um, I worked in the Seychelles for a year, mm. and my parents came over to visit me, and my dad had learned to to dive as a surprise, so they come diving with me, which is like, it was so so cute. Um, so we went on a few different dive trips together when he was here, when he was there even, um, and one of the best dives. It was just like crystal clear visibility fish everywhere it just looked it was like you were in an aquarium we saw oh, like wow. four turtles a shark oh, lovely. um we were at like with some healthy corals it, 
in the Seychelles, as particularly around like the main island, there's a quite a lot of yeah coral bleaching that's happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we were on this reach, this reef that was really healthy, and it was just incredible. Um, but also not to like miss out the UK. Um, did some really good diving in St Abs in Scotland. Oh, nice. Um, oh. This one dive like through the kelp forests, saw an octopus and a few oh, cool. moody branks, and there was like carpets of like brittle stars oh. on the seabed it was just really atmospheric like the visibility was quite good mm. um well good for this country i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe like maybe like over 10 me 10 meters that's good um and it was just sort of like the light coming through the kelp forest and octopus are one of my favorite yeah. things to see and i was just like yes and i i saw it and i was trying to like get everyone else's attention like come and see the octopus yeah and obviously it's difficult sometimes when people have swam Looking at something else. direction and like trying to get their attention by banging a rock or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come and see the octopus. but yeah that was awesome brilliant it's cool it's a really good point actually when you think of what's the coolest dive you've been on you always go sort of tropical or overseas don't you but there is so much cool marine life to see in the uk as well yeah. I've, I've always oh they really is. in scotland yeah it looks phenomenal and and north wales as well actually like with, where i was based up at uni there was a lot of good diving around there still have yet i've still yet to dive in the uk oh, so, are you yeah I've cool. 135 log dives and never once in the uk wow <laughs> and determined to change yeah. that this summer though All yeah right. we've got i plans. know i mean i've not so i moved to sussex in january 2020 to start this job yeah, and obviously my plan was to dive here and then covid hit so mm -hmm. wasn't able to and i just haven't got myself into gear yet of because i've got I've, I've got all my own stuff i just need to get it serviced yeah. um but yeah not dived in sussex yet which is terrible isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> threatening. yeah. my um my father's got a, a an old colleague from work who lives just around the corner from here and He's either an instructor or a dive master, like the top level dive master, but he keeps on throwing, oh, just let us, let me know and we'll, um, we'll go for a dive. And I keep forgetting because Ryan keeps on Yeah. Mentioning. Oh yeah, we'll go for sea search, we'll go for Celsius, and then he's otherwise engaged. He's always busy. Family <laughs> stuff, so um, yeah, I need to need to get that good. I need to do the same actually, uh, get my stuff serviced, because I think, oh yeah, I can use it straight away, but probably better if you're breathing mm. for it to get it checked out after. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing that's used. keeping you alive under there, isn't it? So I think yeah. it's <laughs> pretty worth the service, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess obviously we've asked you your best dive. I guess it befalls to me to ask what's the, what's unfortunately the perhaps least enjoyable dive you've gone through? Yeah, so I was thinking about this and I think probably when I was doing my dive master training in Bali, um, amazing diving, absolutely incredible. Like saw manta rays for the first time there, which was amazing. And like so much, just so much life, lots of turtles. But there was this one particular site, which was like a wall dive. Okay. And um, the currents can be really, really, really strong there. Um, so I was actually, it was one of my like, um, I was leading the dive. Luckily, it was with other dive master trainees. Um, but we were, yeah, going along the wall one way. We'd just turned around to sort of make our way back to the boat. Mm. Um, and there'd been no current at all. It was beautiful, really clear. And then suddenly this current hit just out of nowhere. Um, and it was like a... So it was going against us and it was dragging us down. Oh. And obviously a wall dive, you've got the wall 
and then you look down and it's just black because this, it just oh. keeps going and yeah it was all it was so strong we were literally having to like claw ourselves up the reef Sheesh. with our hands because it was so oh strong and like you could feel like the the hose from your regulator just like wow being pulled like by the current and i turned around to make sure that you know everyone in the group was mm -hmm. okay and i noticed one of my um fellow trainees his tank had come loose from his bcd and it started to float obviously it was still attached yeah. like none of the hoses come out or anything but it was like floating above his head and he hadn't noticed so i was like oh my oh god no. so i had to swim back get it down felt you know strap it back in and in that time we'd been pulled further back and down it was just so stressful it was awful <laughs> but we managed so to get fun. back nobody died That's <laughs> that sounds horrible <laughs> it was really stressful yeah I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Quite I was just frankly. like, oh, no, I'm good. I know there was a qualified instructor. I mean, obviously, we were all qualified divers, obviously, but we were as part of our dive master traineeship, mm. um, and there was a an instructor with us as well. Um, but you know, you get back to the boat, and obviously, in the in that kind of current, you're swimming really hard, and your your air. I kept checking my air, and you know, it's just going down so quickly because you're just breathing yeah. really fast and heavily, and yeah, that was that was not great. <laughs> Doesn't sound it. it sounds no, horrible. Not at all. Have you, have you ever been um, <laughs> cave diving? I'd love to do that, but isn't that meant to be really dangerous as well? It's. Mm. Have you done? I've never done it. The closest I've been, I went into a like a cave structure mm. in Greece, but it, you accessed it from open water, and it just kind right. of went in, and you went round a corner, and it was pitch black, and that was quite mm. cool. But I knew that I just had to look for the light mm -hmm. and then go out, yeah. and it was wide open. I don't think I'd ever go into a cave system. In, like inland do it I, i'm not claustrophobic but that's a step too far no i i've never done it and obviously i think yeah there's a lot you, there's extra training if you're doing mm. like proper cave diving there's lots of training you have to do isn't there yeah, um absolutely. but yeah i'm not it doesn't massively appeal to me to be honest because unless there was something really special to go and see i don't know yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, sure. a lot of people like the almost like the technicality of actually doing it rather than yeah. doing a dive to go and see something. Whereas exactly, exactly. I would much prefer to go somewhere open and just enjoy what I can see in the water. Rather Definitely. Than yeah, because I do it to see the marine wildlife. I don't do it because it's like an extreme sport and I want to like yeah. Yeah. push the limits or anything. It's just like yeah, yeah to see some rays here and there and <laughs> what's hanging around. Exactly. So done some cool wreck dives, ne okay. never like anything. Because again, you've got to train, do special yeah. Yeah. diving Extra qualifications. If it's like a proper, I guess similar to cave diving in that you've only got one in and like exit, entry and exit point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've done, there was a, there's a really cool wreck in Bali. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's a massive World War Two ship. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, battleship maybe? I, don't know, I can't remember, it's huge. So it's, like one part of it, because it's so big and it's like on a slope, one part of it's, you can snorkel on it because it's at like four or five metres depth. Okay. And then the other side is down at like 30 metres. So it's oh, just wow. really cool. And you can, there's like different swim throughs. You can see the, um, what do you call the the wheel of a boat? Uh, what the, you... the, like the bridge where you've got the... Yeah. 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 Not the steering wheel, but... <laughs> I think, I think, <laughs> Where's it going? I think it's just the wheel. The helm. Yeah. The helm, yeah. Yeah, Take sure. the helm, that's what I say. <laughs> that bit yeah you can see that and it's yeah it's very cool and obviously you get so much life going on 
of course yeah. yeah at least that's a benefit of all those lost planes and ships being shot down over the years at least it's giving wildlife a substrate to live from yeah yeah a positive <laughs> take one thing exactly. So um, you've talked about sea search, and obviously that's something that we're all interested in, and it would just be nice to hear a little bit more about that, and also shore search, which I wasn't aware of until right now, which sounds pretty oh. cool. So can you tell us a little bit about that, and maybe what happens, and how you can get involved in the scheme? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with sea search. Sea search is a citizen science project, mm-hmm. as I mentioned already, that involves getting volunteers out to dive and do surveys of the different habitats and species you find. Um, and it, so it's nationally, it's man, it's run by the Marine Conservation Society, mm-hmm. um, but then they've got regional coordinators. So myself and Sarah, who I job share with, we're the Sussex Sea Search mm-hmm. coordinators. And um, to get involved, you have to do a sea search observer course. So you just learn how to fill out the survey forms, how to do a survey, how to identify the different habitats and marine species that you find. Um, And then we organize dives specifically for sea search and get volunteers along. Um, And yeah, we go to different sites around Sussex. At the moment, we're sort of targeting sites that are particularly important for kelp Mm -hmm. because we've got um a kelp project at the moment called the sussex let me get this right so i don't mess it up (laughs) sussex kelp recovery project Mm -hmm. um so that was established because um there was a new bylaw that came in that um excluded trawling from like a big nearshore area along the sussex coastline um which is hopefully you know going to give the space for kelp to recover we used to have really dense kelp for us here lost about 95 percent of them over since the 1980s um so yeah we've been doing lots of targeted dives targeted dives for that um and yeah it's just a really great way to for for people to get involved with marine conservation um so you know over the years the data we've collected you know it all goes into a national open source database Mm-hmm. And it's been used to, you know, um, help with the designation of the marine conservation zones around the coast. And, yeah, it's just a fantastic way to sort of give meaning to people's dives, I think, sometimes. Instead of just, you know, going for a jolly, which is great. Yeah. But if you're going for a dive anyway. So you can do snorkelling as part of sea search as well, can't you? You don't have to do the diving. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can snorkel in the you can just fill out one of the, once you've done the observer observer course, Mm -hmm. you know how to fill out a form and it's the exact same process. Cool, just snorkeling instead. Yeah. So So any dive. Is do the sea search training. Yeah, we keep meaning to do it, but we haven't found a date that works yet. um, They, it's only a couple of times a year that the course is on, is it? Or is it? Yeah, so was, as the, in Sussex, we run one observer a year, one observer course a year in spring. So there'll be one, next year mm-hmm. um but there are they are run up and down the country so and a lot of them at the moment i, I think probably still they'll a lot of them will be online so yeah. okay. and all the courses are the same they might you know have regional sort of extra information about regional things so, you might yeah. find yeah um but in essence they're all the same so any okay. you can join any course around the country um especially you know if they're online you can 
choose any of them. Easy jump in. Um, so yeah, if you just look on the Sea Search website, which I think is just seasearch.org. I think. So. But yeah. I want to double check that. Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, yeah, and there'll be other <laughs> courses on there. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's a really great way to get involved with marine conservation. Yeah, we'll have to do it. We'll do, we will do it at some we point. We'll get around to it. <laughs> so, like Definitely. us, you're in your earlier stages of co- your career, as we as I'll put it kindly. Um, we're, <laughs> we're young people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any goals or for your career or What's where you're dream? heading to? Or yeah. yeah, dream you job. Dream job. Any plans for your career? What would you well, love to do? You know, I'd 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 love to. I like with the two roles that I've got. I really like that mixture of sort of being out in the field doing surveys and doing the sort of engagement and education work. Like, I think it's really important to... I think sometimes people see education, the, the engagement side of things is a bit like, a bit fluffy, a bit not as like hardcore mm. making a difference. But I think it's so important to educate people about what is out there, especially in this country. I just feel like the perception of UKCs is so by just normal people who don't really know anything about marine yeah. stuff it's just that the UK is grey it's boring there's nothing out there yeah and then as soon as you start telling people about stuff and like showing them you know mermaids purses and mm-hmm. cuttlefish eggs they're like what we get sharks here in the in Sussex in the UK yeah of course we do <laughs> it's just I love I, I really so the what was the question? Career. Yeah, so basically I'd love to keep working in a mixture of sort of, yeah, that sort of more research, scientific side mm. and the engagement stuff. And as much as I have enjoyed working and living abroad, I do want to stay in the UK. I think there's so much to do here. There's so yeah. much going on in the marine sort of realm in this country at the moment. I just, I just want to stay here and continue working in marine conservation i don't know how what that might be i'm not sure yeah. i'm just kind of like focusing on the now rather than thinking about I mean, if <laughs> what, you're enjoying it then why not yeah long may it continue yeah yeah, yeah. is there um, any advice you would give to somebody sort of like a, I don't know, a student at the moment or somebody like yourself that's trained maybe in a different degree and trying to get into this field um yeah i think just try and get out and get as much experience as you can like if you can volunteer Mm -hmm. then absolutely do that I think that's really important I know it's I've been very lucky in that I have at times been able to live with my parents you know and didn't have massive rent to pay and had to get a job I mean I've I've always had jobs when I've lived with my parents but you know what I mean it's it's Mm. very it's quite a privileged position to be able to like have your family support you not everyone has that um but if you are able to yeah get out and volunteer mm-hmm. um with your local wildlife trust for example there's always stuff going on um just get out there and get experience i think has been my has been my sort of experience with it um yeah because you learn so much from that yeah. anyway like you can go and do your degree and focus on something for three years but until you're in the field and doing it that's when you're actually properly learning isn't it so yeah. that's when you retain the information and yeah yeah definitely okay. and like if you are do if you, someone out there is doing a marine biology degree do the extra stuff join societies mm-hmm. like join the environment society go out and you know when you're at university you've got that extra time haven't you mm. to 
kind of explore things and do extra extra stuff so I definitely would use that time to yeah to volunteer and just just like I said get out there and get experience I think mm -hmm. it's really important cool it's as we said it's a competitive field so you want you need to be able to like um what's the word I'm looking for make yourself yeah stand have your out. yeah stand out that's the word I'm looking yeah. for thank you <laughs> we got that so I guess one thing we so we're a marine technology company and we know that you guys obviously use technology for your research and we know you've got an ROV is there a piece of tech that you think has been game-changing for citizen science or just scientific research um or anything you're interested in yeah or anything you think is just cool <laughs> yeah I mean I think anything sort of like I guess like be an ROV anything autonomous and robotic yeah it's just so useful because it can get to places that maybe it's more difficult mm. for us to be able to get to. It takes that risk away, doesn't it? And you can explore different habitats and you can find out so much more stuff than we've ever been able to mm. before. Even like drones yeah, and being yeah, able to like count populations of seabirds by flying over a seabird colony. Yeah. Like that's so much more accessible now than how could you have done that before? We really? There's like massive and drones now that they can go up in sort of in the air, but they can also sort of be deployed in the water and take water samples and come back absolutely. out. And they're so yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah. And one of my like dreams would be to go into a deep sea submersible. Cool. I just yeah. think that would be the coolest thing in <laughs> yeah. the world to like go hundreds of meters under the water and just see what was out there so if anyone has a deep sea submersible would like to take me on board please get in touch <laughs> we'll let you know if we uh, come across anyone so we always like to end our podcast interviews on a few fun questions i don't think we've let you know these ones before i've really so i'll be a bit on the spot but that's the idea okay um so first one is if you were stuck on a desert island and you've only got one meal that you can have, what would it be? Ooh. Oh my God, that's too hard because I love food. <laughs> and I always have trouble in restaurants deciding what to eat. Um, is, is it uh, one meal that you've got to eat for the rest of your life? Or... The rest of my life. Is that? It, it can be that, or it can be you've got one meal before you die. It oh, could be as morbid okay. as that. But <laughs> just, it's trying to figure out what's your favourite meal. But in, I know. In, a, way. in, in a fun way. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Mexican food, oh, like yes. burritos and enchiladas and stuff. So maybe like a. Yeah. Bean. It sounds really boring, actually. A bit like a bean, black bean burrito with like. But just really good with avocado and cheese mm -hmm. and cream, um, sour cream and yeah. stuff and rice and li I love lime. Mm -hmm. lime. Anything with lime and ginger in, I'm like, yes, give it yeah. <laughs> There is nothing boring about that. That Not sounds amazing. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> um, and then one question we do like to ask is, what's your like favourite place in the UK? Maybe you've holidayed to or a really nice beach. What do you reckon? I am biased towards the Yorkshire coast, mm -hmm. so I grew up in Sheffield, and so it's quite far, it's actually like about two and a half hour drive to the coast from Sheffield, pretty much slap bang in the middle of the country, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's loads of um, really awesome beaches in in the Yorkshire coast, so we've got 
So it's interesting actually because it's um, you've got chalk cliffs there. There's yeah. Flamborough Head, um, and it's the same vein of chalk that you get down in here in Sussex. So oh, it's quite a nice like link. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, I've got a soft spot for Yorkshire coast. It's it's really beautiful. I've never been. I don't. I'm sure lots of people would say Cornwall, but I don't. I've never really spent much time there. I really need to because it does look spectacular. Me and Nathan look at each other like, yep, yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. So I'm always a, I'm a Devon man over Cornwall. I'm afraid. I, I, Cornwall's beautiful. Well, again, but... I've never really never been to Devon either, so oh, I can't comment. I but... <laughs> See, I'm from Dorset, so I'm like the Dorset coastline is beautiful. <laughs> You'd have to go to all of them. Yeah. I know. I want to explore Scotland more as well. Oh yeah. I've not really. I've still never been. Hopefully that's changing. Next You're year. going next week, aren't I you? Hope so, yeah. Yeah. Well, at some point. Like the Northern yeah. Islands, and I want to go to. Um, I forgot where they do it now, but um, where you can go out and see the basking sharks. Oh, yeah. is that the Hebrides? I know we we do a lot yeah, of probably. basking. Well, people that are doing basking shark tracking around the Hebrides, so maybe it's that. Yeah, I've got quite a few of them around the south, Dor- uh, Cornwall, and Del- yeah, uh, they do go in Delaware as well, don't they? Mm, Yeah. I, I just think they're incredible. They look kind of prehistoric, don't they? Oh, yeah. They do, yeah. So, it's their mouths, like, they're where just they just, the saliva. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it saliva that they, like, filter the plankton through their mouths? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. It's, cool. it's really strange, though, when you see them, like, with their mouths closed, because they look completely yeah. different. I know. When I, when I didn't really... Before I knew about marine stuff, I, in my head I was like... They can't close their mouths. They just <laughs> travel around like the forever. And then I saw a picture of one with its mouth closed, and yeah, it looks really funny. Like, <laughs> and... Little pointy nose. Yeah. Well, big pointy yeah. nose. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then last question. Um, I've got a hunch of it might be just just because we've got similar backgrounds. But if you could have dinner with one famous person, dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh. I think. I feel like you might get the answer of David Attenborough a lot to this question, which <laughs> With good I would love that. Yeah. yeah. But maybe him, but also Sylvia Earle as well. So she is American. Um, she's like an amazing marine conservationist. Um, okay. She's quite old now. Um but she's done loads of incredible, like, advocating for the oceans. Um, she does the, oh, God, what are they called? Hope Spots. So she set up that kind of campaign um, for, oh, I, feel, I feel like I might be getting all the, all the names wrong of the, of the things that she does. But, yeah, she's incredible. Look her up. There's a film on Netflix about her, I think. Oh, cool. Um, cool. She's, she's, she's done, like, stints living underwater on like marine research stations underwater and like you know she's a woman in science and when she was like doing a lot of her work it was when it was all extremely sexist and it was very mm-hmm. difficult for women to get into the field and she's just like a trailblazer she's amazing oh wow yeah, yeah. So we'll check her out definitely yeah sounds cool sounds amazing yeah but um well, that's yeah. all the questions we have so thank, thank you, you very so much, much. For yeah thanks on. for coming on it's been oh thanks for having me it's been great yeah, it's been good. So yeah. we'll um, we'll leave you to have enjoy your Friday afternoon. But um, one thing, oh, one more oh. nice question I've got to ask Ellen. <laughs> we we love your background. Is it yours? Did you make it? I did not make it. Oh. No, I think it's a it's a like 
World Environment Day background or something. Oh. But I liked it because you can see, I don't know if I was covering up the barnacles. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's meant to be coral or an anemone or something. something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> well, again, thanks so much, Ella, for joining yeah. us. And, um, we'll see you at Ocean Symposium. Yeah, see you there. Yeah, great. Cool. See you later. Bye. Bye. So, guys, that's the end of yet another Orcapod episode. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one as well, as much as we've had. In... We had fun doing this one. It was good. We did, yeah. yeah. So. We hope to see you again on another episode of the Orcapod. And, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Again. Bye. Oh, by the way. Link in bio. <laughs> <laughs> Please, can we cut that last bit?